itself. Now, I haven't seen much in the way of new releases lately. <coughs> Excuse me. But I did see a great film that came out in uh, 2011. Well, it says, uh, when was it released? There's not even that much info on it online. Uh, March the 4th, 2011. I would guess that that was a very, very limited cinema release. And if it made it over here, I'd be very surprised. But it's a, a very, if you're sick to death of um, the wave upon wave of vampire-associated uh, TV and cinema we've got, you've got pretty much everything catered for. I saw um, a couple of episodes of True Blood recently, which is very, very entertaining, very much in the campy sex side of things, and um, that was very good fun. And then you've got, at the other end of the scale, the dreary dross of the Twilight franchise, which is um, as appalling as it gets. But then you had the Swedish film Let the Right One In, which focused on a very existential, very low-key story of a developing fondness between a 12-year-old guy and a kid in Sweden and his neighbour, his odd neighbour, who was a girl and who didn't go to school and seemed very, very strange indeed and only came out at night. And that film was a masterpiece. And they actually remade it in America and everyone was up in arms saying it's going to be a disaster because it's such a low-key film. It's got such um, weird themes. It's all, gonna, all of this ambiguity is going to be lost. And they re uh, made it as Let Me In. And apparently it was excellent. And I never saw it. The Swedish original was uh, directed by Thomas Alfredson from a novel by Jean-Avid Lindqvist. Now, Midnight Sun is, I believe, a debut film for it's directed by Scott Leberecht and starring Zach Kilberg. And it reminds me not only of Let the Right One In, it also reminds me of the film Shotgun Diaries, which is a brilliant film that came out a couple of years ago and um, featured another sort of debutante director and star combo. And it was another very low-key, very existential movie with a very singular style. And this is what this reminds me of. Both the direction and the lead acting performance, which is incredibly low-key, but still very, very intense and unusual, really stand out for me. The lead character in it, uh, played by Zach Kilberg, um, of whom there doesn't even have a Wikipedia entry for him to bring up more information, though I've no doubt he will be in other films as he's so good in this and, and such a an intense persona. Um, he's a night security guard, in um, an office building and he's developing a sickness and he can't work out what it is and he goes to the doctor and the doctor says look you're lying because the guy empties his fridge every night and is perpetually hunger filled and he goes to the doctor he says you know you're lying you're just you're malnourished you've got jaundice uh, there are problems with your liver you've got all the signs of malnourishment and he eventually comes across blood after eating God knows how many steaks. He starts drinking the blood out of the bottom of a packet. And one thing leads to another and he ends up uh, becoming more and more sick by his illness and more and more detached from a society that he was never really in anyway. And, and the origins of his old illness and, and his loneliness are never revealed he just is this very lonely man who who works night shifts and doesn't know anyone and he eventually comes across human blood and then it's like a light going on and it has both a, a very vicious effect on his personality with blackouts and with changes to um, what he can remember doing 
and also it completely satiates him. And in parallel with this, he actually meets in another wonderful and I think debut performance by Mayor Parrish. He meets another night owl who's also lost and who's also seems to be incredibly lonely and the two start forming a very intimate bond and relationship together. And it's filmed so intensely, um, es- esoterically emotional. It focuses on the minute of um, their relationship and his interactions with the world. And it's for the first hour or so, it's got an impeccable atmosphere. It's been called an existential vampire movie, in, it, and it is very existential. It's got beautifully atmospheric mu- uh, music. It's shot wonderfully, and it focuses on... His, this character so intently and um, when the other uh, character played by Mayor Parrish is on the scene the two meld together so well it's an incredible thing up until about a third of the way from the end and basically what happens and one thing that I really liked about the director's choices here is he makes some very interesting ones and the use of cocaine in the movie is particularly well done normally cocaine in a film would be um, used in a salacious way um, and it would be you know just people banging back coke but here it's used in a very um, narrative way because the female lead Mayor Parrish takes cocaine in a pivotal scene when she wants to kiss the lead guy and it's because she has zero self-confidence and that's shown up and then that leads to her having a nosebleed which is the first time that he gets a taste of human blood and then it develops on with her developing her own self-confidence because of the relationship and stopping doing it so it's used in a very good way in a, in a way of moving the story along rather than just being a, a salacious use of, of drugs in it the special effects are wonderfully low-key as well they're very few and far between and excellently done the only flaw for me in the movie is that in its last... Th- basically what happens is once this guy gets a taste for human blood, he has to obtain it. And instead of going down the normal vampire route, this guy starts hunting around biohazard bins outside hospitals and he eventually comes across somebody that can supply him with human blood from the hospital, expired human blood, which he then proceeds to walk around at night putting it in his coffee cup with a lid on so no one knows what he's actually drinking. And... Um, the last third of the film are occupied by a relationship with him, the guy selling him the blood. And that is more like a traditional story, more like a traditional sort of gangster film almost. And that's the weakest part of the film when those elements come to the fore. As it kind of, it's kind of like some, you're listening to a beautiful piece of music and someone sort of changed the channel and something very jarring to it comes along. But even with that, um, by the end of the movie, it pulled itself back for me with a quite... Uh, astonishing final scene and final shot which almost made them look like hipster vampires but it really left an indelible mark and it's the the performance of Zach Kilberg at the start at the center of the movie um, is so powerful and is so unusual as well he's just got a unique atmosphere as in, about an actor and I wish I could remember the actor that played the lead in Shotgun Diaries who's going to go on to become a massive star just because he's unusual in his personality so i absolutely love this film i'm going to give it a 8.5 and a half out of 10 it's not as good as let the right one in um it is another film that reminded me of is near dark which was uh, an early Catherine bigelow film 
the woman that directed Point Break, and it was just before Point Break, and that was way ahead of its time. That was a vampire movie um, that crossed genres with a biker movie uh, and with a western, something that True Blood does to a degree. And I noticed, um, interestingly, while reading up who directed Near Dark, which is well worth hunting down as well, it's not as good, I don't think, as this film, um, that they made a sequel in 2008 for Near Dark, but it got shelved because of the Twilight franchise, and they were worried it was just too similar in tone and in everything else. So anyway, that's Midnight Sun, well worth hunting down if you can. Eight and a half out of ten. This is Frank 